Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 352. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we wonder, would I watch a movie about a pair of shoes? I'm your host, Nagin Farsad, and yes, I actually spent part of my weekend watching a movie about Air Jordans. It's a, 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 a shoe involving a sport that I neither watch nor understand, but <laughs> I still loved this movie. Hey, the movie's called Air, anyways. This week, we'll dip our B-Nike toes in the world of news by looking at lawmakers in Tennessee who got kicked off the job. Apparently, Freud is back, so get some analysis up in your face. And this Muslim would like to know what the Pope thinks about boinking. And in this episode, we're going to find out. Today, oh my gosh, I'm so excited by the panel that we have um, assembled for you today. We have joining us, um, oh, he's a comedian. I've, I've known him for very many years. He's always delightful. He's always funny. Um, and he's got a show on in Park Slope called The Living Room Show on Wednesdays in Park Slope, Brooklyn. It, but it's also streaming. So wherever you are in the world, you can catch um, this wonderful show that I've also been on. It's super fun. Um, and it's family friendly. We The last time I was actually at the show, there was like, some kids there, and it was uh, it was remarkable. So, uh, so please welcome Aaron Camino Smith. Hey, Aaron. Hello. Hey. Yes, we had children at the show. We decided I to talk. The whole I time. know. Which. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were really cute. I, I, I thought it. I thought it added a certain je ne sais quoi to the whole, um, to the whole experience. And also joining us on the panel today, you've heard her on the show before. She's so fantastic. In fact, you, I've been on her wonderful podcast, "Kill Me Now" with Judy Gold. Um, you can also see her this weekend until Sunday at Fifty Ninety's Fifty Ninth, a uh, wonderful theater in in uh, Manhattan, uh, doing her show. Yes, I can say that. Definitely go check her out. It is the wonderful Judy Gold. And then I should also mention, um, before we get into the show, two brief reminders. Succession episode three was the holiest, fuckiest of holy fuck episodes of television. And we broke it down on the Succession recap pod brought to you by Fake the Nation that drops every Monday. This week, we were joined by Farnoosh Tarabi. Um, you know her from the So Money podcast, and she's also a finance expert. So, oh my God, this um, uh, this was an episode for the ages. This was a 
a recap for the ages. Uh, you can get the Succession Bonus Pod right in your feed. And if you, here's the other thing I wanted to remind you, if you like the show, and let's say you've just non-committally enjoyed it for many years, you can also pseudo-committally enjoy this show by subscribing to the Patreon, where for as little as $4 a month, you will get two bonus episodes of Fake the Nation. It is a bargain. Go to patreon.com slash Farsad. Oh, and that's two bonus episodes a month of Fake the Nation. It is a good deal. So go to patreon.com slash Farsad for that tremendous deal um, and to support what I hope is uh, one of your regular shows. All right. So let's get into it with topic number one. Two Tennessee Democrats were expelled from their legislative chambers this last week. This is um, this is what happened. So in the wake of gun violence at a school in Tennessee, protesters marched on the Capitol and demanded action on gun laws. But the GOP legislator did nothing. Uh, so they were sort of continuing with business as usual, just ho-hum legislation about stop signs and shit like that. Um, when three legislators, Justin Jones, Justin Pearson, and Gloria Johnson, uh, basically took the podium which sounds more aggressive than it was. There was it was like in between votes, and there was like an intermission. They kind of went to the podium and they started, you know, chanting that they they want more action on on gun control. Um, the speaker didn't like that, and after you know after forty five minutes they stopped. Uh, but this the but the speaker basically the house speaker just likened it to a disruption similar to that of the January 6th insurrection. (laughs) And to punish the lawmakers, they voted to expel them. Um, The vote succeeded for two of them. The the two Justins is is how they're being called. And they also happen to be black. Gloria Johnson, who also um, had taken, you know, the floor, she was not expelled by one vote. So I guess, Aaron, what did you what did you make of these um, this remarkable turn of events? Yeah, it was, it was uh, the comparison to the January six rioters, but I thought was that was nuts. Um, they they work there, <laughs> like they belong there. Like I don't, right? <laughs> they didn't break in. They were like, but the funny part is that then because there's a temporary vacancy, they got reinstated by their own local politicians. So they're going back. They're back, right? It, yeah. It's like breaking up with someone and then like you accidentally swipe right on them. And they're like, oh, no, you're back. Oh, no. <laughs> so I I just I wish there were cameras there to see that awkward moment when they show up again um, and they walk back in. Right, right. Where it's like, oh, hey, no. And, and also, yeah, like having to like eat lunch at the cafeteria next to um, other representatives who voted you out. You know what I mean? It's just so, it's so incredible. Judy, what did you think of this whole situation? Oh my God. Well, first of all, I mean, can you say racism? Like it's racism beyond (laughs) like, yes, like they're not even trying. They're not even trying. Like, it's not even like, well, no, I, uh, you know, it's not, it's, They, the, oh, it just annoys the shit out of me. First of all, these people only care about their Second Amendment rights and not about their First Amendment rights at all. And, or other people's First Amendment rights. Uh, The whole thing was so beyond ridiculous. And the fact that these white men are not even, not even pretending to care about anyone else but themselves. It's it is beyond. And these kids, I, I, all I, it gave me faith in the Gen Z, um, the Gen Zers that they're gonna, they are not going to put up with this shit anymore and keep it, keep going. I just can't wait to watch them all just fall by the wayside. I, I love that. The, the point about Gen Z is really interesting because that's actually something that Gloria Johnson said where she basically, you know, she was making a passionate case for her for the two Justins saying like you know we they're willing to fight like hell and we have to welcome that like just because they're doing it differently than we're used to and all of that stuff like we this is this is how they're doing it and it's and it's admirable and I thought yeah you know I thought that was it was it was really lovely and necessary to hear her say that um and and I think in that that is a really good you know it's a generational point but here's my question to both of you 
the thing that has that's been said on right wing media is these people were not following the rules. And oh, I, sh- I can't. And, the, and again, and I know the January uh, like the January six argumentation no, no, is is a false uh, equivalent. It's ridiculous. But what do we if we really like try and okay, like let's like really take that for what it is. Let's like really try and try and like li- listen to that as an argument of like what do we do with people that are not following the rules. Okay, I just I I'm sorry, Aaron, but I just have to say <laughs> the fact that Lauren right Boebert, yeah, Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene can yell at the State of the Union address and call him a liar and scream. That's not following the rules. So shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> and you don't make the rules. Sorry. We have First Amendment rights. These people behave like disgusting, horrible people who don't care about... What happened to the term public servant where you're actually there for, you know, constituents? Sorry, you're not playing by the rules and you don't make the rules. I mean, Aaron, 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 you've got you've got a right wing radio host in front of you what do you say to them when they ask you what do we do with people that break the well rules? i'm always gonna say yes before i say but so i understand <laughs> i get it as a comic i'm not a big fan of hecklers like i've never seen a heckler try to say it's my first amendment right to scream out so i mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. get it but um okay let's say sure they broke a rule well what, did they break the biggest rule possible? It's not like they, I don't know, walked in and shot somebody. That would be a pretty bad thing yeah. to do. Like, that's the whole point. Like, it's, it was such a small That's the whole reason rule. this thing it is happening. It was such happening. a small, I yeah. think they specifically said it, they brought disorder and dishonor to the, to the, dishonor. to the state. Oh, really? And it's like, what about so Kyle Rittenhouse? Like, that's the did thing he that break like, any rules, Kyle Rittenhouse? That's my point is like, what, give me this, like, this, yeah. dis, like enough with honor. There's like what who decides what disorder and dishonor is at this point? Like, I don't know what it's taking right. a knee during the anthem. That that's the dishonor that like, you know, calling a place a, a shithole country. That's being honorable to like I you, when you bring up something so vague and nebulous, you can go wherever you want with it. So it's just absolute bullshit to use that as your reasoning. Give me a real reason. That's what I want. I want a real reason why you're kicking them out. They broke. And when, since when do they care about rules? I, I mean, you know, whatever's convenient for them, whatever um, dialogue or uh, discourse is convenient for their party is what they talk about. They're just lying hypocrites. And I'm so sick of it. That speaker, you know, look what's happening. They're getting. And I think uh, it, and other- I think it, there's backlash, right? I mean, I think, right. I think the thing is, it's like, it's not a working long-term strategy because this kind of stuff isn't a good look. What it might do, in fact, is make people come out and vote a little bit more. You know what I mean? So there's that. Now, let me, let me, um, just throw something at you guys. We throw, weren't um, going to talk about this because there's a little bit of wait and see about what's happening, but um, just your quick thoughts. And it's an annoying topic because like I said, we don't know what's happened. The Mifepristone um, ruling by the judge. So, so a judge in Texas has basically said that Mifepristone, which is the thing that's like part one of the abortion pill it should is like no should no longer be sold um and that's like a nation with a would, would it's a rule that would cover the entire country and we have about until i think friday um to get our mifepristones simultaneously there was another ruling in washington that was basically the exact opposite of that <laughs> it was sort right. of like make getting make getting the abortion pill a little easier okay so it is um it's unclear what this all means obviously the biden administration is going to appeal so this is this is why it's kind of an annoying thing to talk about because it's just like we just have to wait and see how this this whole thing plays out but i do want to get your just immediate thoughts and and it's i think they're kind of related because again it's like it's like the right behaving in a way that I can only imagine will spark more votes for Democrats. You know what I mean? What do you think, Judy? They're so deaf to what is really happening. And they're so sucked into their cult that they, I agree that, that no one is going to put up with this crap. The fact that rape it, people, women who are raped, I mean, this is the first thing they do to prevent the pe- pregnancy 
uh, after you've been raped. Who the fuck do these people think they are controlling women and their autonomy over their own bodies? I think that, and you know, you know, there's a large majority of them who have paid for abortion. So uh, I, I think it's all going to backfire. You know, I remember, I know this is going off a different topic, but, you know, during the AIDS crisis, we didn't stop. We did not stop. It was an onslaught 24-7. And I feel like this is another pandemic and they're not going to stop. And I, good, go. But you, it, it's so infuriating. It is so infuriating. Like it's yeah, it's it, it's it's unspeakable. Aaron, yeah. what what did you think of the? Um, I'm just the I just don't understand that it's judges. the states' rights versus the federal government. How you could have such a specific local judge making a rule judge, judge that would yeah. have such a national <laughs> uh, consequence like that? I mean. Uh, what if instead of that? Yeah, because it's essentially like, like it's like one dude yeah, like, is deciding one dude as opposed to the. And the other thing that's really frustrating about this is the FDA goes through all of the, you know, this, this drug has been around for like two decades or something. Right. So the FDA went through the entire approval process. It's extraordinarily simple. The, the line that's been, you know, all over the news is it's it's um it's safer than Tylenol. <laughs> it's it's safer than Viagra. Right. Like this is like the this, you know, well, Viagra is covered, drug. too. Right. Right. Viagra is yeah, covered yeah. on your no, insurance. Right. No issues there. Yeah. So, Aaron, like, how is one circuit court judge making the decision for everybody? It just, well, that's what that's what blows my mind is that it, it you can't give me the argument that it's a state's a state issue and then have this super specific judge at making the ruling for all of us. I mean, but that goes back to what's even happening in Tennessee. The, these people were elected by their very local groups by their very local whatever council they represent and then you have these judges or not judges but these legislatures in all of tennessee making these decisions so temporarily there's no representation for those local districts and it's just i don't know which is it do you think it's the local government or the big government which are you for which are you against and it's just the hypocrisy and inconsistency is what blows my mind but i just yeah it's wild I, and I, and also i think the other interesting thing is like one republican senator came out you know, saying that she was in favor of the judge's ruling, but mostly the Republicans have been silent about it because they also know this is like kind of a, a turnout bummer for them. Like, right. They're, this well, they is some, this worries them. They know that, a, that this is not popular. Well, like this through, isn't like, popular. And if they this know this lasts. If it goes through, there's almost like no platform anymore. There's nothing to fire yeah. up your base. It's like, <laughs> we did it. Yeah, that's we, right. We, we that's all, right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> That should be the tagline for the Republican convention. Like, Republicans, there's almost no platform anymore. (laughs) No platform. Um, It it is so infuriating that this one guy, this one guy is going to decide for all. Like, where do we live? Where do we live? And and oh. and he's and Jude and the worst thing, Judy, is he's deciding based on saying that methamphetamine is dangerous, which is hilarious because it's it literally not. been around and it's it, it hasn't and it went through the FDA process. It's just not dangerous. So it's like, what are you talking about? All right, folks, let me know. <laughs> we're all fired up, but we don't. I can't. We're all fired oh. up with nowhere to go because we just have to wait and see how this plays out, which is why it makes it the most frustrating topic. But um, let me know your thoughts. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Freud. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. 
And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. we are back and we're ready for our topic number two. So, um, okay, so <laughs> apparently Freud is back. Apparently Freud is super popular. Everyone's doing psychoanalysis. Um, and I could give you some numbers. The number of sessions performed by in-house clinics has roughly doubled since 2017, wow. according to the Psycho Psychoanalytic Training and Research um, Institute. Um there's just uh, it's a sign that more people are seeking analytic treatment. Uh, there's an Instagram account called Freud Intensifies that has more than a million followers um, and, and posts memes like, like a portrait of Freud overlaid with text that says, quote, every time you call your boyfriend daddy, Sigmund Freud's ghost becomes a little stronger. So my question to the two of you um, is, you know, does this ring true? Is Freud um on the rebound. Have you heard of any of your friends doing psychoanalysis or are you, are you yourselves doing psychoanalysis? Just do, um, just do stand up comedy. Who needs psychoanalysis? Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I have been in therapy, uh, since I'm 18 years old and I am 60. So, uh, and I, wait, have you regularly, have you regularly been in therapy for that? Yeah. Long? I've taken a year or two off here and there. Nice, uh, nice. but mostly regularly. My girlfriend is a therapist. Um, I have been through a clinical depression, suffered, you know, you know, I suffer from it. I mean, I, I am, I CBT therapy, uh, mm -hmm. regular talk therapy. I did do some, I remember in, in college, I went to this guy and he, he I think, and he made me lay on the couch and just, and I was like, Ugh, I hate this. Um, but <laughs> I do believe he literally in, made you laugh. Yeah. I was like, no, he asked me why I cut my hair really short. And I was like, I don't want to talk to you. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I know I'm a lesbian. I don't need you fucking telling me. So, um, no, but I, I, I believe in therapy and I just find it really interesting that, that this, it's so makes sense to me because everyone is so into themselves and uh it, you know I, I i don't know I, I do i know someone who did do that um that that psycho and like the four days a week yeah. of this and yeah. they loved it they said it really helped them i can't stand myself so i'm not going to sit here and lay on a couch and be like you know I already hate yeah. myself. I know why. I don't need you. Right, right, me. right, right, right. You know? I mean, it's funny because I so I dated a guy who who did the four days a week thing. Really? Um, yeah. And it was interesting because I was like, my main question was like, do you have enough to say? Like, I'm not my interior <laughs> life isn't 
as rich, I guess, as someone who can talk about themselves for, you know, four days a week. I just don't have, like, I don't, also, I think, yeah, the, the thing about comedy is that we're open books. Like, it's like, I've talked about a lot of things openly. So it's, there's no secret dimension that's being uncovered, you know what I mean? Right, right, um, and, right. And he was like, yeah, sometimes that, he was like, that's part of the reason I stopped going is because, like at a certain point, it's just like I didn't have very much. It was just like I was just like talking about what kind of sandwich I made for lunch <laughs> and like looking for meaning in it, you know. And, and paying four hundred dollars, yeah, and paying four hundred dollars, yeah, yeah, exactly. Aaron, what's your what's your experience? Yeah, with I mean, it? I I'm not deep enough to have anything to talk about. I, I'm like, <laughs> I'm short. I got picked on as a kid. It sucked. I'm sure it's it's inside of me, and I'm sure there's frustration and sadness and depression. Um. But uh, I've got a 15-month-old kid to take care of, so I don't have I don't have time to care about myself. I gotta take care of this kid, and I know they say you know you have to take yeah. care of yourself and to be the best parent and the best whatever. But also like I don't know that it's that Do that you? deep. Like they, yeah, also <laughs> right. like oh why am I frustrated right now? Because this kid won't go to sleep. Like I. It's a pretty A to B scenario of what's going on in my life right now. All right, you, you know, you're very, you're very um, white male right I, now. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have other problems at the moment. Uh, I yeah, can, we can no, get into my childhood. Just, I, can... I think it's, but I do, I do think, I think you're right. I mean, I, who, I don't want to focus on myself. For four much, hours yeah. a week, like, and then I thought this, and then I thought, it's like, shut the fuck. I can't even, <laughs> like, I can't even deal with myself. I have to go, like, do I have to work out? I have, you know, like, I don't, yeah, yeah it's, and I have kids. I, I totally, I can't, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, but I do think it is this like Freud popularity feels very, very sign of the times. I mean, you mentioned, Judy, that people are like thinking about themselves so much. Um, the interiority that we're experiencing and is just is I, I honestly think it's too much. And w- one of my my complaints, you know, I've, I've been watching, you know, I watch a lot of specials. I'm in comedy. I'm in clubs and in rooms all the time, as as are the two of you. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but like I feel like now more than ever, everyone has five to ten on therapy. Right. Like there's all everyone is there isn't a single night that I'm doing my that I'm going out and doing stand up where I do not hear material on therapy. It's every night I hear about therapy. Right. um, I think it's good that people go to therapy, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I, yeah. oh my gosh, 100%. I have gone yeah. to therapy, you know, no, I haven't done psychoanalysis, uh, to right. be clear. I've never done that. Um, and I think by the time I rolled around to doing therapy, it just, what it wasn't in vogue. And the fact, in, in, in fact, has not been in vogue for a very long time. People have sort of shifted to cog- cognitive behavioral therapy. And the fact that Freud is like back in people's uh, hearts and minds is sort of new, Um also, another uh, example of it is the Showtime series Couples Therapy, and I don't know if you guys have ever caught an episode, but it is—it's like wild. I kind of recommend it in a weird, uh, in a weird way, but it also is depressing. Um, in there, but in that, yeah. but that show, Couples Therapy, the the um, the psychologist who does the therapy, she is, you know, she's a psycho, a, like a Freudian psychoanalyst. Um, but so I'm I'm 100 in favor of therapy. I think the thing I'm not I'm 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 uh, brushing up against is that everyone's like talking about their own me 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 I was walking down the street today and I thought, are my friends on Facebook really my friends? Please. <laughs> you know, and then it becomes this whole thing. And right. if you've read this till the end, like this is what, and now they're like, more, I need to know more about me. Like, Long please. post alert. You know, the other thing is like you mentioned, Judy, it's very expensive. So the other thing about yeah. this trend reads to me as it's like a, you know, it's a bougie trend. It's a it's a it's an you know, it's an upscale trend. Not everyone gets to be a part of this trend because it's so fucking right. expensive. Obviously, there's sliding scales. There's this. There's that. Even if 
a sliding scale, if you're seeing someone four days a week, I mean, that's going to add up, you know, even right. on a sliding scale. And I don't um, even have four hours a week. Like, who has that time? Also, did you guys know I did this? This I didn't realize. The typical analysis lasts three to seven years. Years. We're not even the same person. I mean, right? Well, at least you're talking about different things, you know. But hopefully, I mean, to my mind, there should be solutions, resolutions, and completions. Like there, three to seven years feels just like a. Where is the conclusion? Um, shouldn't there be a conclusion a little earlier? Yeah, I mean, obviously, reeling that damn fish already. I mean, I mean <laughs> no, no, and I don't mean to like. And if there are for look, I don't know enough about psychoanalysis. And by the way, we read a piece in the New York Times called "Not Your Daddy's Freud" by Joseph Bernstein, and that's where we got all of the, this information. We're just talking about the trend. We're obviously not. Uh, you know, uh, experts here, but, um, there, I, I, those things I find incredible, the amount of time a typical analysis takes and the, um, the cost, uh, that, that it takes makes it feel like, um, this is just like another sign of like income inequality or something more right, than anything. Right. <laughs> right. And you're um, not that fucking interesting. Sorry. So do you are you guys as annoyed by me as I am by everyone's tight five on therapy among stand up comedians? I mean, when it's when it's original and good, I'm waiting to see that overlap where someone has that same joke of, ah, I made my therapist laugh. So now I got to make my therapist. And then the next comic made my therapist laugh. I got to try to make my therapist. That's what I because that I'm going to enjoy. The audience will hate it. I will enjoy it so much. I mean, I've been doing stand up for 40 years. So, and I was talking about therapy, you know, 25, 30 years ago. So, I think. Yeah, but you were at that time, honestly, you were probably the only one, right? Yeah. Like, and I, don't, I don't feel like when I started stand up, people were talking about it like this. I don't, I don't feel that way. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think there's so many topics that people are so comfortable with now that we're just. Like, oh, she's talking about her. And I had a great joke about how my therapist brought her daughter to take your, it was take your daughter to work day. So the therapist (laughs) brought her daughter for my session. (laughs) And after, um, after I I closed the door, I heard the daughter say, she's fucked up. (laughs) Um, How old was she? No, it was a, it's a made up joke. (laughs) But, oh my God, Nikki, seriously. I thought that was really Yeah, like my like therapist is going to bring her daughter to take your daughter. That's a bit of a HIPAA violation. But, you know, that was a joke I did in the 90s. I mean, but yeah, I always talked about going to therapy. And it's just, yeah, you're right. I don't know. I haven't noticed it because I can't stand watching comedians. But <laughs> I have to talk about that in my Freudian therapy. Why I don't. Yeah, watch yeah, yeah. Why don't comedians. you watch? Why don't yeah. you watch other uh, stand up comedians do their craft? Yeah. OK. Um, all right. Well, folks, let me know. Is Freud back in your life? It's ne- it's, um, you know, we're seeing it online uh we're seeing it in ex-boyfriends uh do you, are you seeing it are you doing it what are you getting out of it i'm so curious and i'm not trying to say you shouldn't do it <laughs> like freud has oh by the way well let's recall though that freud had his um penis envy situation and that's part of the reason i think that he was so out of vogue for a while right. is because he had these like antiquated notions about women um so uh you know wow anyways. that doesn't seem to be happening in our society following following the abortion topic yeah um all right folks uh, let us move on to topic number three Uh, As we dip into the cultural grab bag, the first thing popping out is the Pope. In a recent interview that is airing on Disney+, Plus. the Pope said, Sex is one of the beautiful things God gave to human beings. That's right. Catholic Pope said sex is beautiful. And when asked about Tinder, the Pope said, It's normal. Young people have that eagerness to meet each other. And that's very good. Uh, What it? I mean... Pope, huh? What, uh, Aaron? What'd you think of? Um, he he had a lot of like sort of progressive views in this interview. What did you make of I it? Mean, good for the Pope, but it's like so you've caught up to what the eighties, the nineties. Like, I don't. Are we supposed to <laughs> applaud that? I mean, 
I, separate from the fact that being Jewish, I don't really care what the Pope has to say about it or the Dalai Lama yeah. or my neighbor. Like, I don't really care. Like, it's in my mind, they're all the same people. It's just someone um, who dresses funny and has an opinion. I don't like I, I guess to me, that was like a great you just that he knows what Tinder is. That was what was more exciting. That was wild. Yeah. But you know, he doesn't ha- does not have a cell phone. Yeah, I saw phone, that. Though. No, doesn't have a phone. So, like, how do you think that he found out about Tinder? Like, do you think someone was like, like, how long right, do you like, think was, that explanation? No, I think he found out about he found out about Grinder, and then someone <laughs> said, "Oh, there's one for straight people <laughs> too." And he was like, "I don't need that one." But tell me more about Grinder. Uh, oh, um, Grinder! It sounds like. T- <laughs> can I just say something, please? The guy's eighty six years old. Yeah. He's celibate. And they're like, what do you think about sex? No. No. (laughs) Like, where does this come from? He doesn't have sex. Well, he 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 said that he was in a relationship before he joined the. That's right. Okay. He was in a relationship and then he chose celibacy. Okay. When you were in your relationship at 19 or 20. Okay. Nothing. That's (laughs) that's his idea of. I just I really don't understand these people counseling people on their marriages and their sex lives when they have not experienced any of that. It's so annoying. <laughs> right. It doesn't make any sense. And um, who chooses celibacy? Who cho- I, I was in a relationship and then I chose celibacy. Well, obviously that one was, you know. I will say whatever. one thing is I, I don't mind. Okay. So I do sometimes like, like, look at the Pope, all right, to see what's up. Because, not not like for me, <laughs> I'm just curious the what the dude's saying. <laughs> and he's know, a good Pope. Yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, the, the, well, the funny thing is that the, the, the you know, he was, I don't know, it was like maybe some 20-somethings or whatever, some teenagers, some 20-somethings, that were, that, that were having this conversation with him um, for this, this Disney uh, Plus documentary. And, you know, afterwards, they were all sort of like, the Pope's pretty chill. Like, they actually all, like, thought he was reasonable and nice. And, like, they were, like, in right. and 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 the thing is, like, I think for a, a particular subsect of the population, think Latin America, think, like, you know, some of the um, just more Catholic countries out there, um, and with some older audiences, like, the Pope saying stuff, like, really does matter. So I think from that that respect he can move the needle he's what i'd like to call an influencer <laughs> without a tiktok <laughs> account i like you know, that um, he is an influence yeah <laughs> so i think um so it's it's so in in that sense i i i think it's important to like kind of see, you know listen to the guy uh hear what he has to say he also instructed priests ministering women who've had terminations to, quote, not ask many questions and be merciful just as Jesus was, adding that, quote, um, you know, send her to hell all of a sudden or isolate her? No, we should be by her side. And I thought um, that position on abortion was, like, pretty radical for a pope. Absolutely. Thank God. I I mean... yeah. Do you I, think I, any of this is is and, and and I'll also say about um he was asking about trans and non-binary um people and he said the church cannot close its doors on anybody. I don't have the right to cast anyone out from the church. My job is to receive always. And I just thought that's a nice message that everyone should take into their hearts. You know what I mean? I agree, uh, but when they yeah. receive, do they receive unconditionally or are they like that's the problem like it's okay to receive and say we love you just the way you are oh that should be a (laughs) song you know but you know the the numbers are diminishing is this kind of thing going to you know the number of parishioners is diminishing um all over the world the Uh, jesuits are very open they're great how are their numbers yeah do you think, do you think, I know yeah, how exactly. are the numbers? Do you think, Air, do you think this kind of thing will, I don't know, have people watching Disney Plus and then yeah, like checking out their local Catholic the numbers Catholic on Disney church? Plus or was right. this to <laughs> pull more people I, into the, the Roman Catholic Church? Like, <laughs> Is it a Disney Plus and Catholic Church bundle that you can I'd, subscribe yeah, to now? Maybe it will. It is just an odd thing to hear it coming from the Pope and this kind of advice coming from someone who just, like, Yes, in general, this is an improvement. I agree. 
But it's just an odd person to be hearing this kind of advice from. I lived in Rome for a semester when I was in college, and that place is just overloaded with celibate oh, people. I mean, the food was delicious, yes. but overloaded with yeah. it. I don't think, <laughs> I, I guess I'm just confused by the idea of celibacy being a choice because it implies that like there's someone who wants to bone you like right around the corner and you're saying like, no, I'm celibate. Like, like that's the only way you can say you've chosen to be celibate is if you had the option right, to go the right. other way. So right. I, that's why I'm always just confused by that phrase and that wording, but that's just me nitpicking. But overall, uh, you know, Pope is a decent looking guy. I can imagine he had some offers, door, you know, along the way. Lining up. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, oh, there's one. I feel like I don't know if I've told the story on this podcast before. It's been like seven years. So I've probably said a lot of things before. But the last I, one time I was in Rome, I got on the the um, the a bus going to the Vatican. So from the train station to the Vatican. And um, the and I and I was like, wow, there's so many nuns on this there bus. There's so like many nuns. They're 30, everywhere. 40 nuns on this bus. So many nuns. They're, they're, yeah. And I was like, wow, I've never seen this many nuns. This is crazy. And then and I'm standing there and this guy, there's a guy um, holding a briefcase or whatever. And his brief and, and he was standing right next to me. He was on, you know, he was like a businessman dressed in a suit. And I, I sort of I feel like something like jabbing me. Right. And kind of like in, <gasps> in my back or whatever. And and I was like, oh, that's annoying. Like that guy's briefcase is like jabbing me in the back. Don't even tell me. I, and I noticed that his briefcase is on the floor and that was not his briefcase, no. but that dude had what? an erection on public what? transit with a ton of nuns. Um, and what a dick. <laughs> anyway, and no. literally, this is why I'm a was, lesbian. Uh, this is dick. why yes, it's, I, I know. It was so lesbian. gross. It was so gross. And I was like, you know, 25. So it was like even. Oh, um, you God. Know, like, oh, no. To, I, don't, I was like, and you could have said to the nuns, look, yeah. see, that's what I you're know. missing out on. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd See be like, uh, we made the right choice. Thank yeah, you. We yeah, made the yeah. right choice. All right. Well, um, let's uh, look into um, another aspect of the cultural grab bag um, where we find some New York City restaurants, and I imagine restaurants in a lot of big cities, imposing 90-minute time limits. It's a vestige of the pandemic that some establishments are continuing. Um, have you both been subjected to this 90-minute yes. time limit? And what yes, do you think I of it? I went Aaron, to a it. place that was mentioned specifically in an article about this. And my wife and I went, we had a reservation. <laughs> we were, it was like right when the place opened too. And the funniest part was it was completely empty. We sit down and the first thing the server says is just so you know, um, you have a 90 minute limit in your time at this table. And we both just kind of looked around like uh, this place is empty. Like, is are are you are we on like a prank show right now? Are we moving to yeah. another table <laughs> yeah, like, in ninety minutes? Well, it just, it yeah. felt like I was waiting for like a prank show ca crew camera crew to like come jumping out and be like, right. "Ah, we got gotcha. you! You didn't blow your right. top. Here's a hundred bucks." You know, you it was, it's it's a right. little ridiculous. If you're yeah, willing to it, spend money, isn't that the point? Like, isn't that why you're there? It's also ridiculous because when you're in an so I think that everyone in New York City operates on a basic rule of you eat your dinner and then if you want to if you want to linger and have it be one of those kind of sit around and chat you know situations you just glance to see if anyone's waiting and then you c keep going or you don't keep going like I've like noted oh like there's a lot of people waiting to, to get tables here okay we should probably wrap it up move this somewhere else or whatever. Like that's just a, the general kind of good dude thing that most New Yorkers do anyway. Am I wrong? Like I don't feel like we need the 90 minute Anyone who's lingering is buying food. Well, I think it's drinks. No, that's yeah. not true. There's some of them just sit there. Look, just I'm a Jew. There, yeah. We eat in about three minutes because we can't stand each other. <laughs> so the 90 minutes is fine. No, I think you know what I find annoying if you know before, first of all, nine, I would go with two hours um, if I was going to do it just so there's a t turnover and the people can make money. But, you know, people do take out and uh, I don't want to sit down and have them come over. Well, I need your appetizer. I'm going to drink right now. And you're like, I don't want that. It's not relaxing. You know, yeah. um, I have gone to restaurants who that have this and uh I don't know. It's it's really obnoxious because you're just like, oh my god, uh, it's not. Really, it, it's I don't need 
no. But and I, I also find say, people you're you're you saying again that you like look mm. around to see if people are waiting. No one else does. No <laughs> one else cares. <laughs> no they sit does. there with their fucking coffee and their goddamn birthday cake <laughs> and they're like and, and you're like I'm I'm always saying to the host or hostess, uh, do you want me to walk by that table and <laughs> give them a dirty look? Because like they don't do anything sometimes. So that's on I don't know. Server. I yeah. like it, it's it, I, I, there's got to be a happy medium. And if you no one's in the restaurant, then and there's no right. reservations if no one, coming I mean, if, in. If like, no one's in the restaurant, that's absolutely ridiculous. Right. If there's that's people so in the restaurant, stupid. there would be yeah. like, oh, you know, there's people waiting. If you wouldn't mind, we're trying to wrap, you right. know, um, right. wrapping up soon or something like that. Like I can understand that. That do- that doesn't make, you know, I don't know. But also, I will say, first of all, they do this because of. I mean, apparently there's. There's worker shortages, there's higher expenses, and the turnover of tables, quick turnover of tables ends up making more money, both for the service and for the restaurant in general. Um, and I this this actually makes reminds me of the organization One Fair Wage, which you've heard me talk about on this show before, but One Fair Wage is basically asking for a, that to make the minimum wage for restaurant workers the same as everyone as the regular minimum wage, which in New York City, in the state of New York, is still not the case. Um, it is the case in a handful of states. One fair wage has managed to like um, you know wage campaigns in the in in various states, and they're doing it here. They're doing it in Michigan um, to get that minimum wage in place because the idea that anyone works for tips, that the idea that anyone works Horrible. based on the it's horrible. Just the, gives them the, the power. Mood, it's 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 horrendous, and it's also and I, I learned this recently. The idea of a tipped wage is a vestige of slavery. It's just when when um, in the emancipation era, when the kind of makeup of um, wait staff started to shift, they were like, "Oh, we don't want to pay them a wage anymore. Let them just work for the by the good grace also, of the client." Most of them pool their tips, so one person can be the shittiest fucking server in the entire world, and another person is the greatest server, and they get the same amount. So I think that. You know, I kind of like it when they put on a tip, when they include the tip in the, uh, yeah, they'll I, do I it. Mean, it just, it takes yeah. the guesswork out. And then you out. can add, uh, and then you can add if you want to add, but like, yeah. let them know that they're going to get 20% or 25%, whatever the fuck they're going to get. I'm cursing <laughs> a lot today. God damn it. <laughs> um, let them know that they're, they're safe, that they're going to make enough money. And if you want to add something in, add something in. To show Absolutely. your appreciation, but I don't need tip jars when I go to buy a, 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 a you know paint at the hardware store. I don't need a tip jar there. Huh. Oh my God! There's I so with the tip much. Jars. Well, since the adve- since the advent of Square, those iPad screens or whatever. <laughs> Oh, I can't take it anymore because I and then I have to go into like an a, I go into this internal uh, crisis over no every tip, single purchase because of yes, because I'm like, well, I'm just buying a bottle you got thing. A piece- no, there was no preparation involved, and then I have to give myself a speech <laughs> so that I could keep living for it's the rest so of the day. It's so annoying. I can't it's where so they turn annoying. the screen. I give you permission, and you're like, oh, no. you oh my god, no you got me. You poured water into a glass. Yeah. And I say this again. Yes. I I say this as someone who was a waiter and a barista, right? And I have had every shitty job. I was was a dishwasher, right? Like I've done all of that. So I I say this as someone who's like lived on tips. I cannot stand the typification of everything. It is making me nuts. Um, Also, I probably... A therapist, if I currently had one, would probably tell me that that the level of discourse that goes on in my own head about whether or not I'm a good person for not tipping and buying a bottle of orange juice um, is uh, my own problem. (laughs) It's It's just so ridiculous. It's I I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) All right, folks, uh, that is the end of the show. We covered a vast distance here from Tennessee to the Pope to restaurants. And I mean, what a phenomenal time I had with the both of you. I would really love for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful things that you do. Judy Gold, where do they do that? Well, I have a website, judygold.com, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D.com. But then on all the socials, 
I'm at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y, G-O-L-D, because I'm Jewish. <laughs> I have a podcast, <laughs> Kill Me Now. Uh, my show, uh, Yes, I Could Say That, about free speech and comedy is at 59E59 Theater till Sunday, this Sunday, April 16, I think. Yeah, um, so if you're in New York City, absolutely go ch get tickets for this wonderful show. Judy is just a phenomenal comedian a phenomenal performer well you this will is a have play a time. this is a solo show it's really oh, it this, is, it's very yeah, right right but still i mean you know yeah directed by bd wong who's amazing yeah directed by bd wong oh shit i didn't realize that bd wong directed. yeah that's i, I didn't yeah, know okay, that's incredible uh, you your ass there Okay. I, need, I, need, I need to read the the, the <laughs> additional print on your posters. Um, yeah. Aaron Camino Smith, where do people find you? On my website, funnyaaron.com. And also, social media is funny, Aaron. That's got two A's, also Jewish uh, for Aharon, and two N's with the funny. That's how we spell funny. Um, and yeah, so funny Aaron on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. <laughs> um, and also every Wednesday, like Nagin was saying, I've got that show at uh, Postmark Cafe in Park Slope that is also streaming, even though it's also in person. That's at eight o'clock and it's a clean show, which is fun. So the audience can be children. Oh, I'll be, be right, up, You'd right be surprised. there. We had yeah. comics who normally curse every other word and then they show up and they're like, so guys fucking uh, how the fuck. Oh, I do a lot yeah. of gigs. Now I do a lot of gigs where I can't curse. It's, and I'm it's hilarious to that. watch comics curse in the first yeah. three sentences and then a minute later say, I know, guys, who gives a shit? Oops, I cursed. I'm, and they'll apologize for a curse even though they've already cursed five times right. before that. And they have no idea they've cursed. It's, right. Without I, even I realizing it. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, would yeah. Be, and, that would be me. And the same show is on um, Zoom on Fridays at folks, 8 p.m. So wherever There's you no are excuse. in the world, you can check that show out on on uh, streaming. Uh, and folks, you know where to find me and all the things I do. You can also hear me on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this week. I'll be in Chicago. If you haven't, if you can come out to see the live show in Chicago, it's always a great time. It, it tapes on Thursday nights. Um, and you, what I would really like to do is thank everybody who makes this show a possibility. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire. Our fantastic theme music was written by Gabby Alter. Thanks to everyone at HeadGum that makes the show a possibility. If you have any ideas, Ideas for this show at all, you can reach us at fake the nation podcast at gmail.com. And otherwise, we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>